You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Good afternoon, good morning, good night. Sid Talk is, uh, not, end. is not very well. <laughs> no. So, so if it really bothers you to hear people who are wheezy and sound fairly uh, unwell, you might not want to have your headphones on for this one. We will try very hard to cut out all coughs and throat clears. <laughs> what have you got? I've had strep throat. I think that's been nipped in the bud now. I've had bronchitis, sinus infection. And uh, I don't know what else. I think it's moving down, so it could be some pneumonia on its way. And diarrhea coming. <laughs> if I'm lucky. No. So that's what's been going on this week. A little bit of sickness in the chest area and in the throat. You've only just got over a cold. You had a cold a month ago, didn't you? Not bad, though. Not like this. This is ass-kicking. But as we said last week, my father had passed away. I think it's been a long two weeks and... I've never around. I have asthma apparently, but I'm never around smoke never. ever. So the day my father passed, my siblings all smoke like freaking freaks, and so I think that was the beginning of my chest just being like, uh, "We give up," and led me to this point. So I'm on the mend. I will be eating my cold applesauce to, to ease the pain and the coughing. And if there's any awkward pauses, it's just because you yeah. had a coughing fit and I paused. Yeah, or if something ends, if you were, if we're talking and then something goes <laughs> missing and we go off topic, that is why. So I apologize ahead of time. But uh, Ace Cooley is a real strickler about this, and we have to do the podcast. Because. No, no, I said it was fine. I I actually said let's. Let, <laughs> do you want to do it or not? Yeah, yeah, but if we skip it, then we just got to catch up. And yeah, we do. Everything takes time, so we'll just do it. So, it's Saturday. Because my advice for the week, I'm just going to say it right now, it's don't be a baby. Babies are helpless and cryy and whiny and they cry about shit. They shouldn't cry about half the time. That's the truth. Don't be a baby, you know? Toughen up. (laughs) So, it's Saturday, May the 13th. This is after the show number 479. The movie we're going to review this week, because we are a movie review podcast, is... The Space Between Us, a 2016 movie, released on Blu-ray on May the 16th. You mean so, this isn't a medical podcast? No. <laughs> so that will be, uh, May the 16th will be this coming Tuesday. You'll be able to pick this up. And uh, it's from our friends at Universal, PG-13. Sid Talk will give you the short synopsis of The Space Between Us. <laughs> Taking a cold bite Applesauce. before I start talking, because the talking often brings out... The coughing. And just so everyone knows, I've never smoked a day in my life. And so you don't have to be a smoker to end up with the uh, <gasps> the weird bad lungs, death apparently. Rattle. Yeah, the death rattle. Don't say that. <laughs> if I make you laugh. Unwell rattle. Yeah, laughing is it's bad. bad. So it's I have to bad. be un- very unhumorous. What were we watching last night? And I'm like, I would be laughing so hard at this, but I was really suppressing I did a, it. I w- I'm trying not to make you laugh, but I did an impression <laughs> of a trucker into, my, uh, into a walkie-talkie. Correct. You said do an impression of an American trucker. And yours was exactly what I expected (laughs) you would do. Okay. Short synopsis. Uh, uh, A Martian? (laughs) A boy is born on Mars, unbeknownst to the world, and then he falls in love with a girl on Earth. And then it's the thing about them. A love story. Yeah. An interplanetary love story. Uh, True. Mm. Yeah. True. That would be nice. Are you a human just because we called ourselves humans? That was actually a point. There was a line in the movie where he said something about being human or something. You make me human. Yeah, and I was like, no, you are human. (laughs) You were born from two humans. Yeah, but he's also born on Mars, so he's Martian. He's, yes, but he's also a human. He's not a... He's not a different species. No, Unless something's changed because of... Because you just gotta watch the movie. You may get some spoilers here. So just watch the movie and then come back. Maybe my cold will be gone by then or my sicknesses. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. So the space between us, um it comes across to me, this movie, as like a young adult novel type movie. I don't know if it was a book because I didn't research it that that deeply. But it comes across as it's made for a younger audience to me. It's very sappy. 
I have to say. It's also, you have to take so many leaps of faith with the script and storyline, it's unbelievable. But it doesn't necessarily make it bad. It's just, I thought it was, it was okay, but it was, that was what it was. Like, it was, it was fairly poorly constructed in parts. It was a bit all over the place, to be honest. I'm glad you're saying this. They had, um, the whole fun of this movie for me, the fun, yes, there's, there's a love story that doesn't, 100% 100% pay off for me. I didn't get the feeling of it. But the part that does pay off for me, and I don't think they monopolized on it enough, is like when Thor comes to Earth and he's like a, a little bit... Well, Thor is a different case because he doesn't know anything about Earth. So when he comes to Earth, there's the humorous moments of him not knowing what a hamburger is and all that stuff. Now, this kid has lived on to, to explain. He, there was a mission to Mars. His mother went on this mission to Mars as the pilot commander of this um, trip to Mars to go and colonize, well, to live on this little part of Mars. And she got pregnant before she went so she had this baby on Mars. This is how a baby... Takes seven months to get to Mars. Right. She had the baby right after. Yeah, so this is how a baby was born on Mars. She wasn't supposed to be pregnant, and she... But also remember... She didn't know. There's every, we're going to tell the whole thing here. NASA and the people in charge decide they're not telling anyone. They will tell everyone that the woman died of a pressurized problem right. in her suit. Because They will not tell everyone there's been a child born on Mars. Therefore, this child has not been exposed... They're wanting us to believe to any social interactions of any kind. Because, I know. conveniently, he's been having Skype calls with a girl on Earth. Not just that, but I mean, it's 16 years. Yeah, I know. And so the scientists on this on Mars would have been like, let's have you watch every movie and explain everything and interact with you constantly. It doesn't appear to be the case. <laughs> no, I mean, he's, they, they quite clearly show him watching a movie. I mean, it's not like, like a 1912 movie. Yeah, I know exactly. Um, and and he, she's like, "He's where having." You, where did you get this movie? Well, the super like high they, tech. Like of, they were holding. This is 2018, right? So the super high tech of next year. Yeah. Is that people on Mars can immediately have information and contact? Yeah. Have a Skype call. Whereas now in 2017, yeah. it takes 28 minutes. Yeah. For one command to get to the Mars rover. If everything's lined up just right, if I'm understanding my YouTube videos correctly, <laughs> I mean, we and just, my CNN reports. We watched a movie called Passengers recently with um, Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt, and that also had like big, like you were like, "What the hell?" You know, this some huge. It's quite a bit more in the future, though. It was, but um, what I mean is that film had it had a love story as its core, and it also had a load of hokey kind of space stuff that you had to go, "Oh, really? That's not right." That that you know. I don't buy that. They had I a should lot interject here. I thought this movie was really dumb. Well, uh, like well, super dumb. I, that's what I'm saying. I think it is made for a teenage crowd. That's what it felt like to me. Like Allegiance, Divergent. No, I think it's made for people like the director who has this weird, giddy look on well, his face. Well, let me say, like he love. He said love stories and blah blah blah. He's like the actual love actually guy. Right. There's a but, very glossy look of the world. But this will explain a huge amount to you. Okay. You don't know this. I don't. So, another movie this director made. He only made two, actually. One of them was Serendipity, which you don't know. But it's a... it's a um, What's he called from 2012? John Cusack love romantic comedy. But the other movie he made, and this will explain a lot about this movie, and its vibe, and its whole thing, was the Hannah Montana movie. Okay. So, he is a... Uh, I would say it's like Disney ideology. It's very idealistic. Like, yeah, and this is romantic. Yeah, it's very basic to this movie. Like, oh it, like the plot is basic. <laughs> There's a couple of twists and turns that I saw coming a mile off, and I'm sure most people would see coming a mile off. They're not actually good twists. <laughs> it's not like you watched um, a movie with a really cool twist and you're like, "Holy shit, I didn't see that coming." It all. I saw it all come in. <laughs> there were some really 
dumb stuff in this. When they fly that plane... I know. And then the plane, they bail out of the plane, and it goes into a uh, hangar, uh, what is it, the barn, and immediately blows up the barn. Like I was like, what the hell, is Michael Babin in that barn setting everything up? Let's just, if we're going on that scene, um, they're in a helicopter about two minutes away. I know. But some helicopter too. lands. I know it's that too. It was all it, of the people are there. They've already investigated it. They well, haven't found any bodies. The guy's I'm like, words. Have you guys been circling around for yeah. the last two days? So, yeah, they're following the kids who are flying a plane in a helicopter. Yeah, they're kids flying a plane. By the way, they're following kids flying a plane, and then the helicopter lands. The people who were following them, and then the guy's words were, "Yeah, we fu- we've put a fine tooth comb over this whole area, and we can't find them." And I was like. But they were literally they were like literally, right there. Like, you could see them in the same shot. I feel like it's it's <laughs> it's like it's this weird combination of well made because it has high production yeah, it does. values. It does, yeah. And it's really poorly made. Like the I the decisions that have been made are very poor. All of them it's like a it's like an eight year old is trying to tell the story. Now, if you told me that an eight year old wrote and directed this movie, I would have been like, triumph, because it's exactly how an eight-year-old would see the world and construct a movie. I'm not trying to be dismissive. I'm saying it's really... It's like... I even and this think... thing about gravity and da-da-da... And well, ex- yeah, that, that, that thing is, because he's been on Mars his entire mm-hmm. life, when he comes to Earth, Earth's heavier gravity, so he keep, they keep mentioning it, he feels heavy, yeah, it's hard constantly. to walk, he does a funny walk. But... When I was thinking this was made for a teenage audience, and I think it possibly is, but then I was thinking, I think it's too vanilla yeah. for a teenage audience because it doesn't feel a 16 real. 16-year-old would be like rolling their eyes Even when it. they're in the high school, and it's just, even that just feels really kind of dumbed down, like, like Disney Channel style. I felt like it's very movie of the week. It is, but then, like you say, it, there's some really cool space it's scenes. Got, it has really nice... Special effects. I, you know, really cool looking. Like, doesn't look like they scrimped on Pretty that good stuff. performances if you think about. I actually think the two young people in this are quite good. Quite good, if not very high school play. I hate to say Disney Channel, but that's it's what not, it reminds it's not, me No, of. it's not even that to me. It's like high school play, but on the good end. I've seen some good high school plays with some good performances. Hearts All In. But the overriding too much, the ex- the expression is too much, The it's very cartoony almost, even Gary Oldman is too cartoony at times, with the TED talk in the beginning, and the it's all very overly constructed, it's overly written, they write too much shit, just like I talk too Remember much. Remember the movie we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, yesterday I believe, and I still didn't look up what it was called. The one with um, Johnny Depp as that dude. And there mm-hmm. was that. The one that we hated with Johnny Depp and the satellite dishes and the. Oh, yeah. Solar yeah. And he was, he was a talker. He, was mm-hmm. a, he did a TED talk kind yeah. of thing at the beginning. This feels like that, like overly. But this one's more. But more Well made? Yeah, it is actually better than that one. Technically, it's better made. Writing, it's not good to me. Directing, it's not good to me, except. Directing's. The director got out of the people what he wanted, and I guess that's good. Mm-hmm. But when I watch Gary Oldman get overly giddy about some weird shit, I'm like, you were in, like, hardcore shit, man. Sid and Nancy <laughs> is what I you was were like, about. Yeah, but oh, yeah, that and, you know, I think of Leon, where he's, like, this yeah. messed up cop. Fifth element. Fifth Element, he didn't care about, so I don't really use that. No, as I mean, a, the, uh, his performance I mean, in it is... But he didn't like it, so mm. I don't usually think of that. But he's been intense. And in this one, it's like he goes, all right, you want me to be overly excited? Fine. And he gets too and much. intellectual a little bit, and, you know. Yeah, I don't know about that, but... But, but... Also, that... Should we give the big spoiler? No. Okay. But that... <laughs> You're working Not it, right? being addressed... In 16 years, it makes no sense. As soon as I cottoned on to that, which was the first seven minutes of the movie, the rest of it was like, okay, where are we, where are we catching up with this idea? I almost cottoned on to it when the actual words 16 years later came on. I was like, 16 years? Okay, I think I'm cottoning on to something now. Which was the thing. The thing I was, the thought I was having earlier that I didn't finish was, you know Thor 
how there's like that fun element of like a man out of his space. Well, there is an opportunity for this movie to have a lot of fun with that also. This kid has never been on Earth. Finally, he's on Earth. He's on a road trip with this girl. This place is, they go to a, they go to a Walmart, for instance. They go to different places. And he, he's not fully experienced the world. So, like, there's a bit where he's, a horse comes past him. A man yeah, but that makes no sense at it all. It doesn't make any sense either. In because in 16 years, with all the media that could have been presented to him, there's no fucking way. Yeah, but he's never someone, been in the presence. It doesn't of matter. He would have known what it was. He knew what it was. He didn't, he know, what didn't was. know what it was. He didn't know what it was at all. He's like, "What's that?" And she said, "It's just a horse." And he was like, "Oh." So no, that yeah. one that was like so stupid. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm we're slipping backwards even more than we were before." But there was lots of opportunities for fun with that area of the movie where he is experiencing the world for the first time properly. Just out he's funny. Own. The kid is good. Yeah, but they don't give him anything to do with that. He's just his reactions are good and the way he does his lines are all really good. I like yeah. him and the girl. It's just what they give him to say and do, unfortunately. And this movie it tries to rush it along really a lot. Like it goes really fast. Oh god, yeah. I said so it one point I'm like, that escalated quickly. See, so there's never a, a, a long time of character development where you actually care for them properly. I found. Correct. When you watch a movie like E.T., this is a prime example. E.T. is not even a human. It's just, it's a character in the movie. And by the time, spoilers, <laughs> E.T. is lying grey, looking like he's about to die. You're invested in E.T. and you care that E.T. You, you actually care, don't you? You're, 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 I, this kid, if, if he is to die or not to die at the end, no spoilers on that bit, I didn't care. Like, I, I didn't have a bond to him at all. Like, I, yeah. I was just like, Okay, this kid's had a shitty time. He lost his mother, blah, blah, blah. I relate to that little bit. But I don't care. If he was to kill himself here in this scene, fine. That would be a fair ending for that for this journey. Like, But so- the concept is flawed from the very beginning. Because there's no way that this person is going to be so naive. There's just no way. He's surrounded by scientists his entire life. Yeah. And he's actually an entire clever. government agency yeah. is suppressing his whole existence. So the idea that he's just the 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 vibe is he's just been sort of left to be raised by this woman who we never understand as a mother figure. There's only one. She, there's scene. no love. No. There's no affection. There's nothing. She's not just a scientist. She's not a heartless thing. But they've made her into this like cardboard cutout. And I like this lady from Sin City. Or, or the other one, um, Polly Shore. She is from she is from Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, sister, son-in-law She's, is the one I always think of. I learned today that she turned down a role in a movie at the time. A big movie. I can't remember what it was. Like a giant movie with Tom Cruise or something. To be in Sin City because she liked... Why does it have to be a Tom Cruise to be big? I think it was like Mission Impossible or something. She turned that down to go and do Sin City with Robert Rodriguez because she really likes Robert Rodriguez. And then it turns out, like, she. how long is she in Sin City? About one scene? No, she's in a lot of it. Not much. She's a doctor. She is, but she's not in it. Then she gets her, you know. No, she's in a lot. That's where I remember her from, so it must be impactful. I always remember a butt. I remember a butt in that. It's because she's turning around looking at you. It's very stylized Robert Rodriguez butt. I remember that. I always remember, whenever I see her, I always go, oh yeah, that's the woman with the butt in Sin City. Sweet. I'm sure she would appreciate that. (laughs) <laughs> she probably would, but somebody noticed it. So, Oh, yes, that's very manly of you. I mean, that's what Robert put it in there for, right? Robert's a man. Yes. Yeah, coincidence. <laughs> so, yeah, this movie, it I think it has an audience with younger people. Because the love story is very... Very young, like young 12. novel. Yeah, probably. 11, Where they would years bond old, with the boy and the girl. Where you don't understand reality yet, mm-hmm. at all, on any level. And it's level. a bit fun. There's an adventure in the middle of it. Because we made her, like, super tough and really cynical, and she's been abandoned and dead parents and blah, she's blah, blah. She's very, uh... And he's written. also abandoned, basically, but in space. Yeah. Her character is is way... For me, um, being super cynical over, a, like, a kid kind of movie it seems a bit off, but... But it isn't a kid movie. You're just giving it that yeah. description. That's how, just how it feels. But it's not. But she feels very, like... 
I'm sitting down in a room to write this particular... Like, here's our character on Mars. This is what happened to him. So we need the female version on Earth. Now, what traits would she have? Well, she has to be a hacker. She has to be a yes. thief. She has to be really good at driving any vehicle Hot or flying. And she's only 16. Uh, no, she's 17. Driving a motorbike. Seven. She can drive a motorcycle, fly Where's an airplane, drive a truck, steal a car, hack somebody's tablet. Steal things from She can Walmart. hack somebody's car yep. with the phone yep. app. So she doesn't mind about stealing stuff. Those are all the if, traits if that the... she needs. Yeah, she's just tough, right? <laughs> and she can write and sing and play piano. Yes, the artistic and side. And she's beautiful. She can't be fat no. or pimply. It's um, very... All the boxes are ticked. All of them. Like It kind of makes me like dislike it now. Even though I was enjoying it. This is the weird thing. I enjoyed the ride. Even though I was constantly thinking, this is actually really boring because it's so blah. However, the kid kept me on the hook. It's like a... The guy, the boy. Yeah. It's like an excuse to have a... It's a love story. But let's have a love story we haven't seen before. Here's the question. What's the point of this movie? What's the point of this story? The point of the story is... For example, all... what's the point of the Titanic love story? What what happened to Rose? Like, what is the point of that story? Why... Why tell that? I mean, Titanic sink, sunk, but I'm but saying... But love crosses all the... Bound- in that one, that, you know, the different classes can still... It's just love. Okay, well, he died, so that didn't work. So what was the actual point of that story just for Rose? To, have- to get on with her life. Right. To live her life, right? There's a moral to that tale. Rose had to learn a terrible moral story from that horrible story. I mean, she didn't exist, but I'm saying, if you're telling me a story, I want something to come out of it. I was trying to think of this that when the movie was ending. I'm like, okay, so what was the point here of any of this story? Just to have a love story. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's it's just to have a love story that you have not seen before. One between a boy from Mars and somebody from Earth, which I'm assuming has not been done before. Maybe it has somewhere. Maybe in well, a we have Starman, but he was. I don't know if he was from yeah, Mars. Yeah, but it's it's almost feels like, you know, when you're ticking those boxes yeah. in the writing room, you're like... We need to have a really unconventional love story. What would be unconventional? Well, not a Martian. A human from Mars has a relationship with somebody on Earth. That is different. Nobody's seen that before. That's how it feels. But how, about, how about just make it good then? <laughs> yeah. I'm I mean, sure they would argue it's just the it way it's good. framed within this, like I say, young adult style thing. Like Divergent and Allegiant is what I can think of. They feel slightly dumbed down. Towards a normal movie that's definitely old for an older crowd, so they're easier to understand and they're a bit more sappy than they're supposed to be because somebody in the studios dis- thinks that teenagers love a good bit of sap, which they might do. I'm not a teenager, so I don't know. It depends on the person. I mean, as a teenager, I did like to watch. I, mean, I did watch. I like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, yeah. And I like the love story. I, you know, it made me feel. Oh, that's cool. I, you know. But they didn't have so much to tell you in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No. You literally got the gist in about five minutes. Here's a kid who's a rogue. His friend is afraid of everything. The girlfriend's going to do whatever he wants, and they're going to have a day off school. And the lesson is live your life while you have a chance, right? So. From that moment that you figure that out, when he's giving you the little speech in the first minute, you're on the roller yeah. coaster. This one has none of that. It never. There's a really plain vanilla love story yeah. right in the middle of it. The, um... There's no lesson to be learned. No. Except that people are assholes because one person denies, one person lies. The whole. I mean, it's all just. Yeah. yeah. You, you like. <laughs> it sounds to believe, really, really bad. The you like to believe one thing, and it might not be that. Like from people, because people are trying to protect you, as they think, because they're trying to protect this boy's feelings. I guess these NASA people. Um, no, it's as if no one gave a shit. No, but no one even remembered that there was a baby on or a kid growing up up there, <laughs> which is hilarious. But um, yeah, none of the scientists talked to him. No, no you one... never saw that occurring, did you? No. Ever? You never see any interaction. He talked to. In fact, he made himself a little companion, a robot companion. When they say he he needs to learn, he needs you know togetherness. I'm thinking he's been surrounded by people his whole life. I mean, when we first see him, he's made himself a robot. Well, no, he helped them build it. He said right. The so. he uses as a companion, his friend, like 
But there's it, loads of people there. I, that's what I'm saying. And there are 15 <laughs> people there. And variety of people, I'm sure, over the years. Including this lady, who's is kind of his guardian, almost. It's supposed to be his mother now yeah. that we're supposed... I mean, mother figure. Yeah. She's raised him. But he seems to not really deal with people very much. So That's there are, there are no holes sense. all over it, is what I was saying. Because someone romanticized of... the idea of this poor boy. Now, if you put the boy in a space place, in a space station or on a planet, in an empty place with just a robot who could somehow tend to all of his needs and raise him physically, and all he had, oh, it could be like um, Wally, right? All he's got are all these other references to learn from. That might have made a more interesting story, because then coming back to Earth and not knowing how to cope with people would have made sense. There are scenes in this movie, to me as well, that kind of were pointless. There's mm. one scene where he's on Mars, and he gets a bit angry, and he goes out in his... It's about his mother. Very pointless. He goes out in this buggy thing, and just for the... All I could think about it when that scene had ended was... That was just a reason to have an action scene because yeah. there's no action scenes really. That's in this exactly movie. what I was thinking. So he's riding around in this dune buggy and he's using the turbo boost and uh, like in a video game and he tips it over and almost kills himself and then she tells him you shouldn't really do that. But if we're led to believe <laughs> that he doesn't have any of the same teenage stuff. Right. But that's supposed to be, well, he's a teenager and he probably just has the urge to do it. Well, then there's a conflict there. They're also a miss. Uh, pointless thing was Gary Oldman falling out of that van under the ground. Yeah, that was really... I was like, what? Are, what, is, what? what? Another is pointless thing is just the fact... I mean, the, re- the the reason they'd written her that she could fly this plane yeah. was so they could have an action scene of a plane. Absolutely. Again. And blowing a barn up wasn't necessary at all. It was literally that scene on, on Mars with the buggy, the scene with the plane, and was there a scene towards the end? No, there wasn't. Water. Those two scenes are written just for visual. Like, we need something that looks Absolutely. Cool. And, uh... We need a beat. We need a beat. We yeah, need a beat. that's what it is. We need something exciting in the mi- in the front. We need something exciting in the middle. They gave us a big budget. And this doesn't really need to be that chase. They go to Vegas. It just feels well, there's, like... It, there's some more action for you. And it also felt like a deleted scene. It's like nothing... It, it, he's like... She's like, well, here we are in Vegas. There's Paris. And, there, you know, like, to say, oh, well, there's all your things. And that's you. when he freaks out. Yeah. Didn't make any sense. I can't, I feel terrible here. I Does anyone listening to this feel like the urge to watch this movie after all this? <laughs> Maybe. I say watch it because it's pleasant. It's semi-relaxing. It's I mean, I, I was very relaxed. You could watch it with your kids and there's no... Absolutely. Nothing objectionable, I don't think. No. No. It's pretty... Wait. Let's say... It is unoffensive and bland, really, I would say. Because, like I say... There bland. Is... Vanilla was a good d- term, yeah. Also, if you like people stealing cars, it's pretty good. <laughs> they just willy-nilly have this... Steal this cars. is also the implication is that a foster child yep. who has been put through this system for so many years is just a criminal. But she happens to be beautiful, well-adjusted, highly intelligent... And the criminal, the the portrayal of the parent figure of her, yeah. is like a cartoon character. Oh my god, yes, like, oh, he's oh. the guy from Independence Day. Yeah, it's really Dennis like Quaid. the crop du- crop dusty. Yeah, yeah, it literally is that drunk. But he's not good enough to do the crop dusting. She has to do it. <laughs> He'll never save the world. It's, that guy. Yeah, he's like that. Literally, I was like, is and then afterwards, uh, there was a moment in this movie later on when they stood in Vegas and I was thinking oh. there's the action scene and the only purpose for that was for him to say to her yeah. you get in and yeah. fly it so the, yeah exactly and there was a moment later when they were in Vegas and I was like everybody's looking for this kid are her foster parents do they not care about her at all like she's been missing as well it's just the fo- it's just the guy that guy is that guy just drunk and doesn't care is she like nobody's looking for her at all true she's, she's gone like good point so yeah, it's very convenient. There's a lot of convenience, and there's a lot of... Now, that all being said, and all these bad things, negative things, I've watched a lot of movies that I've loved and been completely invested in that are dumb and poorly written and poorly directed and make no sense and take huge leaps. I get that. Yeah. But sometimes, when there isn't anything other than the actual individuals, like him I really liked... Her I liked on her own a lot more than together. I didn't care about Gary Oldman being in it. Didn't care about 
the concept even and I love spacey shit. I love it. I love out actually it was I love space stuff, but did, if no other elements come together for me, all I can do is find fault. Didn't you think like the first ten to fifteen minutes was actually really interesting and exciting? I was like, Oh, this this is really actually cool. When they introduced the team and they oh, go Oh no. I thought it was really boring. I was just into all that. I was like I was bored cool. immediately. And then I was like, This sounds like it's gonna be <laughs> I like this, out. I like the crew of people here, like, and I like the woman who's going like the. You know. I didn't. I was just like, oh, we're doing this movie of the week. I liked all that, and then <laughs> when it said like sixteen years later, I was like, oh. boom, we've just moved ahead. And and I wanted plus to really... Gary Oldman, if you noticed, didn't age. Everyone else did. Well, he was pretty generic. Old, like... I know, but even the his assist, the guy from NASA aged. Everybody well, I did aged. notice about Gary Oldman though in the second when he when the time had passed on, he just had a different color rinse on his hair, slightly different to the first colored rinse. Like he's got like he's kind of got grayish hair. But, but when he... you have in the first part, like had him more shaven and his haircut, mm. and then sixteen years later, at least you have long gray hair. Yeah. It was like they just filmed it the same day and didn't do anything. Exactly. Or at least when he's at the beginning, when you see him earlier, he's got the more professional, shorter, yeah. shorter hair. And then later he's got the hippie kind of uh, He did not have short hair. He had hippie hair every no, time. No, I'm saying that's how you would do it. Yes. Maybe do it that way. Yeah. Give him the shorter hair so he looks like And then in the end he's wearing Richard Branson clothes because he's all like cashed out. Yeah, he really is. Yeah, and the glasses and it's, everything's super designed. So like. I said it's like a TED talk from Richard Branson. It was really boring. That first part. Every every element, I'm trying really hard to pick out a thing other than the production value and that kid. The kids. The actual production value, the space special effects, yeah. the bits on Mars, the whole convincing stuff, it all wasn't bad. It wasn't like, oh shit, look at this green screen stuff. It's one of those movies, I guess, because I've said many times, a movie has to go one direction for me. It can either go super grit and hardcore, like serious and gutsy, Interstellar wasn't gutsy. No, I'm talking on a sci-fi level, like something a bit... Interstellar doesn't go gutsy to Oh, me. Alien. Alien's more gutsy because it's a little more gory. It's more scary. It digs in, right? You are you know it's a horror thing. It's horror, It's scary. People are going to die. Blah, blah, blah. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Alien. <laughs> or it needs to go the other way and be super silly or, van- or super... Like sciency. Um, no, science can be on the gritty side, but more like frozen or you know something that's so innocuous and um non-offensive. Yeah, it's not, designed that way. Like yeah, a any thing. and it could be yeah. anything, not just Disney, but like anything that's just on that side. If you go down the middle and you don't decide to be gritty or a hundred percent. Yeah, this you know, is none of those, It's is it? just right it's down the middle. Very. That's what it is. Yeah. It's uh, middle of the road. Because you could have gone a little goofier with it and not been so serious. That's what I'm saying. It, there's loads of moments for humor with that, but they don't they don't utilize it. Like, because you then have to contend with the decision of a father who refuses to accept or tell anyone for 16 years that what he's done, when he knows what he's done. A woman who's died in childbirth on a planet far away. Obviously, we oh, don't even address things. any of her other family until at some point we meet her brother again. You know, it's horrible, tragic. So those are terrible things. If you throw too much humor at it, I guess, you know, I don't know. But, I mean, it did try and do a bit of humor. He met up with, like, a, a bum, and he swapped sunglasses with him, and they were trying to be a bit funny, and then there was a deleted scene where he gets beat up in a bathroom, which was so bad. That was terrible. so dumb. Well, it was obvious that, was that, deleted. that was deleted, yeah. Yeah. Huh. But there were more, I wish like, I could say something better, because it just sounds like really bad, but the best way for you to it, find out is if you watch it and just let it wash over you, and it's when just, it's over, if you can't turn I, around and look back on it and be like, okay, what did I get out of that? Apart from maybe you were entertained for a little bit, because there is really no moral to it. There's no... No. Um, there's no... I mean, yes, it has closure and it has an ending. I mean, there's, you know, oh, love is great. You know, That's all it is, but yeah. I mean, th- there's many m- other films that would do that better than this. I mean, this is, like I say, it's a gimmick love story. Yeah. Because the gimmick is the space bit. Is that a new genre? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure there are others. Yeah, it's just bland. It's really bland. It's, it felt it wasn't aimed at me. It was aimed at a younger audience. I kept feeling that inside me. Like, this is not... <laughs> this is a tween... For a middle-aged man. Tweens movie. Like, this... 
I could see that particular age group and, like you say, 12-year-olds. Between 10 and 13. I think a 14-year-old might but be see, a bit here's old. the problem. It doesn't even feel nice enough for them. No, but I, I think they might be able to just get behind the, the relationship between the two teenagers somehow. Even though it's not fully... Even that isn't fully, to me... I don't buy it 100%. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the cast, Gary Oldman plays Nathaniel Shepard. I love Gary Oldman. I've said this to you. But this is... I mean, he's good. There, There is actually one moment where he is delivering something and I felt that Gary Oldman, where he really seriously delivers a line. And I was like, wow, he's acting everybody away there. <laughs> one line. But then the rest of it, it's just like he's... Just on autopilot. It's really... Um, I don't feel much emotion from that guy, even though he should be the most emotional guy ever from, from what happens, you know, during that period. Yeah. Of where he, got, where he kind of commits himself to his little world. I mean, he should be a guy going through so much, but I never felt like he was, even when he... He com- just comes off as a major asshole to me, even though we don't see him being assholey. He comes across like a... Anyone who just checks out from his whole project. Right. Because he can't cope with what's going on. I was just immediately like, ugh. So then nothing, it was it was an uphill battle. But Gary Oldman, I didn't get any... I felt like he was like... Okay, this is going to sound really bad and I don't mean it bad. But when we look up people sometimes, actors, actresses, or actors overall. And we go, where are they from? And we look them up and they're like, oh, they've been on every TV show right. you can imagine. So you get trained in a certain way to be television, some television, right? The big ones, SUV, SVU, but as and we all know that kind now, of stuff. Television can be really I'm talking, good. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, these, they mellow, shows, the blind no, one. Not just bland, but I mean, they have to cut to the chase. They have to just do the performance. Designate and that's what this feels like, is that you, you've given him a direction. Okay, you're going to be super hyped up, and you're going to do this, and he's going to be really excited. And then Gary Oldman goes out in there, and he does it, and he's really excited. And at the end, they high-five. That's how it felt. It feels kind <laughs> of a... I love Gary Oldman. Don't get me wrong. I love him. Um, so, some of his stuff is amazing. And that nil by mouth that he directed, holy shit, he's like hardcore, right? But this is a paycheck kind of movie for somebody like. He could have loved it though. You don't know. He could have loved it, and it could have. He could because he's got teenagers, and they they would love it. Or to he see just him. loved it. I mean, the story isn't bad or offensive. But or it's anything. no. It's not. It's a lovely. Fantastic acting piece for anybody. Like you can just. You couldn't. What they've wrote for him could only. You, there's there's nothing gritty about it. There's nothing to get. There your was teeth no into. extremes. No. It's just very bland, like everything else. So Gary Oldman is fine, but it it's just like everything else in this movie. Like I said, there was one line he delivered, and I was like, there's Gary Oldman. And the rest of it was like, Professor Gary Oldman, just, you know, yeah. long hair, glasses, cardigan, Gary Oldman. Azza Butterfield plays Gardner Elliott. He was actually um, in another space movie called Ender's Game. And he's also in Merlin, a British TV show. Um, he's a British guy. You would never guess it from this movie, I don't, I don't think. What do you think of him? He was good. This is the best thing in the movie, really, because I think he took the direction he was given, and then he was praised for whatever he was doing. Everyone accepted it. And on that level, I'm okay with him, because I feel like the director had very poor judgment in how to direct everybody, except in this really... Way like sappy way, but there are moments when he's I want to makes me want to see more of him. Absolutely, so I think he was fine. He He was the best thing in the whole movie. The part where he's dressed funny and he's just like a gangly teenager. He's kind of awkward. That was really good. I thought like maybe what he's like more. I don't know. He's acting. I'm saying more being himself. It felt like during those scenes when he's on the on the coach drive. That's not very good because he's acting. Yeah, but I mean, I felt. Those scenes felt more natural to me, is what I'm getting at. Some of the other scenes, it felt like he was trying a bit too hard, especially yeah. with the love scene part where he's with the girl. That's what I'm saying. The director has told him a certain thing, yeah. I think. Where he's asking her about kissing and yeah. stuff. It's all very... And again, you would have watched enough. <laughs> yeah. He if always... I was on Mars he and someone saw said, here's one... a baby for us to raise, 
I would have been like, give me every freaking TV show, everything, everything, every book I have access to. I have access to the internet immediately right now. I'm going to raise this child to understand as much as I can about the world. If, if I'm in this circumstance where he can't go back to Earth, it's like nobody gave a shit. NASA don't have Netflix. Maybe that's it. They don't the, pay their the, $9 a month. They only have that one German movie that that uh, he kind of based his whole life on. <laughs> Which is really from weird. 1912 or whatever. Yeah, that's what the movie. That? That's the movie that he kept quoting. It was. Um, but yeah, I liked him. I think he. I think he was pretty good. But then I think I don't think it's his fault. But correct. I don't think it is the love scene part where I was like, it's just cringy, and, and the bit where he's in the water at the end was like overly another excuse yeah. for big action sequence. Yeah. yeah. Um, Britt Robertson plays Tulsa. She's the female teenager. You'll know her from Tomorrowland. Um, if you watch Tomorrowland, not a lot of people did. I like that movie. I thought it was quite cool. Cool idea. But um, in this, she's pretty much what she is in Tomorrowland, if you think about it. It's just the same thing. No, not really. This one, the she's same tough. No, she's more Kinda alone. Like, more tough. I don't know if she is a teenager now. I think she's a bit older than a teenager. Mm-hmm. So she's it's like one of those things where they put an older girl into a teenager role. How do you know this? Because... I think she's like 20. Hmm. Well, that's pretty close to being a teenager. Yeah, it's not officially a teenager anymore. But um, she's all right, but this... It's a bit actorly at times. Because they've like created this character for her in this movie that is like a stereotype character. The girl who doesn't quite fit in with everybody else, but she does a little bit of music. But she's ultra cool, ultra smart, ultra good at every single thing. Yeah, but she's also supposed to be a bit of an outcast. Yeah. There's everything. She's everything. I think it's quite kind of hard to pull her off completely because she is everything. She's a hacker. She flies a plane. She is the girl that nobody really wants to hang out with. She's also the girl who's kind of people like. She's um. She was born in 1990. Right. She's 27. Right. So that's not a team. Yeah, no. I, I, I had that problem. I was like, I kept looking at her and thinking, yeah, they made her kind of look young with what she's wearing. But she's not necessarily young. So, yeah, 27's quite up there for this kid. How old's the kid? I'm looking. He, He's he, 20. Right, but still, like, they're supposed to be, I'm assuming, 17. He's the Hugo, by the way. I didn't watch Hugo. I mean, either, but I'm just saying. It was an animated thing, wasn't it, Hugo? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm assuming they're supposed to be 17-year-old, right? Well, they are, aren't they? He's 16, she's yeah. 17. Yeah, which, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, I was exactly right with the fact that she's not a teenager. Um, that's not her fault. But why the hell why, why the hell wouldn't you cast a teenager? I guess you got the sex scene. You can't really, you know, there's no sex, but it's no, pretty. the kiss. Plus, whoever comes in is the best. He puts his hand on her knee and they kiss. But this is, no, they're in the. the yeah, but it's not. You know, I know, but you don't put a 15-year-old girl in there like that. That's illegal, first of all. Well, there's nothing going on. It's just a... You don't even want to imply that. So, no. I'm fine with her being 27. I wouldn't have guessed she was 27. I, I seem to remember when we watched Tomorrowland, I, I was like... that. I looked her up and thought, wow, she's older than they were trying to portray her in that movie, too. Um, so, um, Carla Gugino. That's how you say her name, I think. She's Kendra Wyndham. You'll know that she's the Sin City lady. Um, and she was also in a movie we watched recently called uh, San Andreas last year. Mm-hmm. The bigger, uh, she was the Rock's, hus- the Rock's <laughs> wife, the Rock's husband. ex-wife. Yeah, and um, she is, she has a habit of being bland as well. I think in yeah. movies, she's good though. So yeah, I like watching her. The roles she chooses are not particularly, like San Andreas was really. It was a big popcorn action movie, but mm-hmm. there was nothing really about it, was it? You know, Again, what's the what's the lesson? Family. Yeah, that was the lesson for that one, and it was really over the top. But the special effects made it. Kind you can of get behind a right? big yeah. blow. That's what I'm saying. It went one direction. Yeah, we're just gonna blow your face off with the most outrageous. And shit. the story's kind of dumb. Yeah, but you'll get it probably like Fast and the Furious. If you're <laughs> invested in the over the topness, yeah, you know, Fast and the Furious is yours. I wouldn't say that about. Yeah, you. but I mean, we've got all this spectacular stuff. 
and the story's kind of dumb, but we know that's what it is. Like, like I used to kind of in there when it's actually yeah, totally But, dumb. I mean, it's the same. San Andreas is Correct. the same. It's, uh, it's all your spectacular but stuff. If you made a car show, stuff. car movie, that was kind of, meh. And it wasn't good, yeah. and it didn't have a good story. You'd be driving right down that line again yeah. in the middle. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so, yeah, she was uh, nothing to... She was okay. Yeah, I liked her. I mean, I like her, but yeah, she was interchangeable unfortunately even though she's good at it yeah that role anyone of equal you know she didn't bring anything like to no, not me. even the um scenes between her and gary oldman which was supposed to be pretty dramatic where they were stood outside gary oldman was trying his best to be dramatic and she was but it just came across as hokey the dialogue like. yeah and then finally I again put- not their fault no Janet Montgomery, I put down finally, is Sarah Elliott. She plays the mother. She's not in it very long. No. <laughs> um, but I wanted to note her. All right. This is directed by Peter Chelsom. As I said earlier, he directed the Hannah Montana movie and Serendipity, which was a romantic comedy. It's quite clear what he does. It's a specific thing, and it's uh, aimed at a certain audience. It's very directed at yep. that audience. And if you sit outside of that audience, even me, what I was looking at was like, well, I really like Gary Oldman, so maybe I'll focus on that. Yes. (laughs) But even that didn't do much for me because it's too bland for a Gary Oldman character. Like, he's he's not in his element in this movie. He's just going along with it. So the director, it's not my scene, to be honest. It's, um, he isn't my, I haven't seen the Hannah Montana movie, but, um. I can I can pretty much tell you it's probably in the same vein as this. Well, you don't know. Bland. It's very possible. <laughs> um, extras on this Blu-ray, there is a deleted... No, there's an alternate ending, which actually is... Not, not an alternate. Not very different at all, is it's it? It's exactly the same, but a different a location. Different location. Same with... scene, different place, yeah. Um, there is some deleted scenes, including one of the worst deleted scenes ever seen, which is a, a, the kid getting beat up in a bathroom. So bad. Uh, there's a commentary with the director which i will listen to this week to try and get a handle on where that director's coming from and uh there's a featurette which is essentially the trailer of the movie with some talking over the top of it which is terrible to be honest it's like you learn nothing from it nothing at all so that's it in terms of extras so in conclusion are we really shitting on this movie completely well that's the problem it's not it's, it's well it's it's a very Ish. safe, if you want to watch and just be like, aww, you know. Yeah, that's what it then is. Then that's it. It's that's fine. Bland. That's fine. If that's good and you want to just cuddle up and do it, that's cool. I think I'm just over that. You could definitely sit with young girls and boys and watch it. and Maybe they would Maybe they would get the fun out of it. That, it but is, there's no wonder about it or anything. There's nothing like just special. Love, even me, like thinking, well, I do like space stuff, and there is some space stuff for a little the bit. Space stuff doesn't really do anything. It's not very. If you want to watch him drive a space buggy around a little bit, <laughs> or some spaceship scenes, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to recommend it. Another weird thing was maybe if you consider yourself very bland and vanilla and boring. I like it. when they come. Although to, I can be those things, but not in this category. When they come to uh, rescue, at the come to the rescue towards the end. It's pretty convenient that they were in a plane that can actually go to space. Yeah, uh, as the rescue vehicle, which he had crashed on every simulation. That was another ever thing done. where I was like, "Why are they in that?" And not an you didn't question things until then. No, that was one of the things where I was like, "Oh, that's convenient." I bet we're going to space in a minute. And yes, we did. Well, duh. They'd already. That does exist. I know, but. It's a funny thing to send out, well, I guess he, yeah, because of him. Yeah. Still, don't explain it, it's terrible. So, uh, yeah, it's um, it's really hard, middle of the road, it's not good, it's not bad. <laughs> it's really not anything. It's actually it's just... kind of bad, because it's not, it's so not good, it pushes a little bit toward the bad side, to me. Yeah, but like, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'll remember. Maybe drink a bottle of wine? By the end of this Drink year. Drink a bottle of wine and get your favorite food. Like, absolutely favorite food. Drink the wine, eat the food, get some popcorn, and then watch it. And you'll just be like, oh, what were they talking about? This is such a sweet movie. But it, Perfect. But it might not be our, just our taste. It, 
It's in some way. I know it's not aimed at us, and it's not. I don't know about that because I I, I like some movies that are in the similar vein, but just a different vibe. It did remind me of something like Divergent, where <clears throat> Allegiance Divergent, where it tr- it's a thing that seems interesting, but the execution of it yeah. is bland. Like because it has to adhere to the young adult thing. It, we can't be too gruesome. We can't be too sexy. Can't go one way or the other. We have to just stay in the middle. If somebody gets shot, there's no blood. It's just very... Everybody yep. can see this. It's fine. And it's that's not a problem of the movie. And that's system. fine, actually. That would be fine. If the moral or the ultimate tale or the idea or the overriding theme was something. Mm. You know, so you can go along for that it's ride. like the Hunger Games. It's fairly bland, too. Even though... It deals with a really... You reckon that's bland? Well, it deals with a... It could have been a different thing, couldn't it? An R-rated Hunger Games would have been True. something else. It's you don't n- get a lot of gore. No, it adheres to a, a very strict rating. However. But it was still interesting. True. But then also super melodramatic and, a bit, and a bit cheesy as well. So I guess this is this It's a fits, weird one. Yeah, this this fits in all, all those boxes. <laughs> So thanks to Universal for the Blu-ray. If you want to win a contest, go to ascoli.com. You can win a copy of The Godfather and The Godfather Part 2 on Blu-ray, the 45th anniversary editions. Next week's Blu-ray review is Get Out. It's a new horror movie from um, Jordan Peele. We're going to look at that next week. Movie recommendations. I am going with, here we go, the Divergent series, because this kept reminding me of it, of how the blandness level is the same. <laughs> yeah. That I took something away from the Divergent series. I was actually entertained by them. Even though they're not brilliant. But I would recommend them if you have a youngster who likes sci-fi stuff. Because I think it's better than this. And my other one was The Martian. By Ridley Scott. Which also... Overrated. Coming from Ridley Scott. Which I love. I love Ridley Scott. I think The Martian is his most bland movie. I think it's a very bland... You know, I'm gonna, someone needs to count how many times you say bland. Yes, yeah, but it's funny that Ridley Scott would ever do a bland movie because he's not that kind of director. Yet The Martian, which is one of his most celebrated movies, to me, felt very generic and not actually that inventive. All right, so what are your recommendations? Mine are, going back to 1987, 30 years ago, so these are some of the movies that were released that are on my I Have Seen list. One of them is Amazon Women on the Moon. Now, I didn't see that until about two years ago. It's not that great. It's just a bunch <laughs> of clips, I think, of old space movies, but whatever. And the other one is one of my favorite movies, The Princess Bride. Now, that is a movie that commits to one side yeah, of the fence. Wacky. It is goofy, wacky, silly. It's the love story that is written... Oh, excuse me. As if a love story... Is a love story. It's almost you know? mon- it's almost Monty Python ish. Yes, yes, it, it and I love it to being silly. exactly. And you can go along with it no matter how silly it is, you know. So those are my recommendations. All right, games and a scully stuff this week. I have been playing. Uh, there's a new expansion pack for Forza Horizon Three. It's called the Hot Wheels expansion pack, and that is exactly what it says on the title. Hot Wheels, the cars you remember from when you were a kid. Those little tiny little cars. I've got one over there actually, and a rally car. Uh, yeah, so they brought Hot Wheels into Forza. Now, that's really irked a lot of people who say Forza's this simulation thing where everything should be realistic. Well, this DLC is this separate island that you drive to, and it's a crazy loop-de-loops, Hot Wheel tracks, speed boost pads. It's just a total... It's just a load of fun. So I think people should just get over that. Like, they should be really serious because there's the whole other side of the game that's all serious. You can go and play in that side of the game, but if you want to go and have some fun and do loop-de-loops, you can go to this side of the game and play it. They're separate from each other. So, you know, they're not ruining anything. In fact, I've played a lot of this this week. And this expansion pack is fantastic. It's I used to play a game called Trackmania by Ubisoft, which was you assembled tracks and you had loop-de-loops and all that kind of stuff. This is like that, but you can't assemble the tracks yourself. They've all been assembled for you. But... Forza looks so nice, the game. It's got awesome graphics. And it is... The Hot Wheels makes it look even better because the whole island is like a tropical paradise. 
all the tracks are red and blue, like the, they're all made out of plastic, like the Hot Wheels tracks that you buy. When you're going on a loop the loop and you can see the sun shining through the plastic, like like it's obvious it's made out of plastic because the track has light coming through it. It's just it all does fancy. Look cool. Yeah, it's really really a cool, and it's just a fun. I love Forza anyway. I, I mean, it's nearly a year old and I still play it like all the time. Um, it has so many races to do and so many different stunts to do and new cars to collect. It was part of the season pass, which I already got when I bought the game. It came with it, so you didn't have to pay extra for this. But if you have Forza and you didn't have a season pass, I think it's 20 bucks for this Hot Wheels pack. It's a easily a good 20 hours of gameplay in it, so... It's probably worth that if you're into Forza. The other game I've been playing this week is Prey. My friend actually bought it and I'm on his Steam sharing list, so I got to play it for a little while, but he is playing it pretty hardcore, so can't play it at the same time. So I only played the first hour. What I would say is it's, if you remember the game Bioshock, Prey almost feels like a successor to Bioshock. It's a version of Bioshock, but set in space. And you're on you're on this space station, and it's like survival horror kind of thing. Like you're collecting. You like it? I do like what I've played so far, but I can't. I've probably played an hour, so I can't really give a full. When this, when my friend has finished playing it, that then I'll play it properly. But um, it seemed good from what I played, uh, and that's out now. Pray I played playing it on the PC. What's Spenguli and what is this week's movie? Spenguli is a horror host who has a two-hour show on MeTV on Saturday nights. In I'm trying really hard not to cough. In which he hosts a horror slash comedy horror slash universal kind of picture. This week is... Uh, and he tells bad jokes and he dresses up in a funny costume. This week is Gargoyles. From what year is it? 70s. It's a, oh. It's pretty cool That's looking. unusual. They're usually like 30s, 40s, and 50s, these movies. There's somebody in it who's like super famous who we know. Really? When they were young. Uh, right. But but it was it's an infamous TV movie, he said. Oh, okay. It's one of those like Troll 2 where it's so bad it's good kind of movie. People say that, but I'm never going to believe it till I see it. I've seen Troll 2. It's, Troll 2 to me is so bad it's bad. I, di- I didn't really see much good. Right. It's not like that for me. But Gargoyles has somebody in it. And I can't remember who it is. Let's see. I don't see anybody. Somebody particularly. Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn. Because we've just (laughs) been watching Scott Glenn on um, The Leftovers. He's been cropping up every so often. It's fantastic on The Leftovers, by the way. But yeah, Scott Glenn is who I was thinking of. So yeah, young Scott Glenn. Or younger Scott Glenn. (laughs) So uh, yeah, that's a... Gargoyles. If you don't, if you can't get Svengoolie where you are, you can probably get Gargoyles. Yeah, we don't have cable, so we just do the HD antenna, and we happen to get MeTV. Um, but I'm so. sure you can stream the movie. It's on cable. You can stream the movie, but you can't watch Svengoolie anywhere except right. on TV at the time. Um, what's for dinner? Yes. Tonight, I'm going to Jimmy John's again, because I can drive through or have them deliver, depending on the time. Oop, we're getting close to the time. Um, we got an hour. And my uh, advice... Yep. Is oh, you already said it at the beginning. Don't be a baby. It's very easy. Now, another reason I say this, and you might say, well, what if I have a horrible, horrible thing like cancer? Well, I agree. It's very easy to let that get you down, the treatments and everything. And we've known people very recently, including my father, had cancer, died. And I will tell you this, stubborn as a fucking mule... <laughs> And maybe tougher than any of us gave him credit for. He was up and around until the last, last, right? Because he would not let you do anything for him. I mean, there was not even, like, anything. He couldn't get up to get to the bed, hardly, the last night of his life, right? And I'm like, you want me to help you? No, god damn it. That's kind of what you're like. That is what I'm like. And I'm not saying it's always good. But if you go the other direction and you're like, oh, I've got a little cold and oh, my back hurts a little and oh, I'm a little bit tired and so I need everyone to take care of me and oh, that's just being a big fucking baby. What is that impression? I don't know. It's all the the people (laughs) who sound like that to me. Like there are a lot of terrible things in this world that people are going through constantly. And yes, I'm happy to tell you 
when I have strep throat and when my throat hurts and when I'm sad or discuss, you know, a parent dying, any of that, I, I think your frailties are, are, makes you a person, makes you real in life, right? Your emotions and the way you feel. However, you're not going to see me going, oh, I feel really bad. I think I'm just going to stay in bed and, well, honey, you're going to need to bring me my drink every hour and I don't even think I, uh, all that. And they, you know, I've been down and out. I've had surgeries. I've had all kinds of shit. And you know how hard it is for me to be <laughs> indisposed and not sure. just do what I got to do. So I've never been so down. Well, maybe right after surgeries. Yeah. I've had a few stomach bugs that kind of knock, call, knock you, knock you down, but it doesn't take long because your, my mind is always like this. Get up. Get up. If you can, Get up. Get up and don't be a baby. All right. So don't be a baby. So uh, <laughs> I'll remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sidtar.com. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Google Play Store, or just go to ascully.com, click on the word podcast. You can listen to all 479 episodes right there. You can also email feedback to me at ascully.com. Don't email SidTalk. And, um, you can, but it could be contagious. True. And I also wanted to say, my tip for this week is watch The Leftovers and watch Fargo and watch Better Call Saul because some of the best television I have ever seen is literally taking place right now. That's true. They are very good. And uh, stay classy, Mr. Gary Oldman. Uh-huh. <laughs> this think- is not your best hour, but stay classy regardless. Find the class. And I'm going to say... Think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you. 